Welcome to Let's Open the Box of Zen with Hitomi. Over the next hour, you will learn how to open, free your mind, and overcome the toughest challenges life throws your way on your path to achieving Zen. Now, here is your host, Hitomi. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am Hitomi. Today, I have invited my dear friend, Ursula. She's a Qigong instructor and also an energy worker who specializes in spiritual healing, including Reiki and sound therapy. Today, we delve deeply into the heavy topic of loss. In Japanese, soushitsu, loss. Starting from her experience with a tragic traffic accident that occurred during her teenage years, we will discuss what lessons loss brings us and how we can manage and overcome it. Hi, Ashra. Thank Hi, you for joining. Thank you for you? having me. We met through Yochi as a Qigong practitioner. And we are now Qigong instructor. We went to Thailand together to mm-hmm. get certified. Mm-hmm. We used to do the homework together. And it's been quite a nice journey and how we built up the friendships. And yeah. I'm a therapist and you're the Reiki therapist. Yes, that's correct. And I agree to totally. It was such a pleasure meeting you. And I felt that instant connection when I saw you on our first webinar and I thought, I have to reach out to this woman. <laughs> we have something we have to share. <laughs> so, so with this Qigong, I found that Qigong was sort of the, the coming the closure of a cycle of growth for me. Like it, it's almost a completion of the different learning I have experienced with our subject loss and grief and healing mm-hmm. and being pulled into the healing arts because I have experienced so much healing and recovery myself, mm-hmm. and also because I have witnessed so many people going through mm-hmm. different types of losses and suffering and helping them to heal. So this beautiful practice of Qigong, for me, ties it all together. Like all the energy work, you mentioned Reiki, also a sound healing practitioner, Indian head massage, uh, intuitive energy massage. So anything to do with vibration, frequency, and the energy channels in the body and our energy bodies, not just the physical body. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is my passion in life. You mentioned about your early age of loss. Um, I think that's a story that people need to hear because there are are misconceptions of loss. Loss only happens when you're at a certain age or only lose people that are the elderly. And loss can come really unexpected as a shock. And loss can also be a long drawn out anticipation. And in either way, it is never easy. And it always comes with, um, with a big impact. So my first impact of loss, when I was a teenager, so at age 17, I got into a car accident. Uh, I was at the time not driving myself. And um, my best childhood friend who was with me in the car died in that car accident. 
and I was severely injured. So it was also my own brush with my own mortality. That that experience has been probably the greatest transformer in my life, mm-hmm. uh, a kind of initiation. Mm-hmm. I have um, taken very much time mm-hmm. to process that. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine when you are 17, we are sensitive. It's definitely a teenager. Mm-hmm. And you had to this shocking loss when you're so sensitive. What, what happened to in your mind? You were injured too. Mm-hmm. What happened very first moment that you got the accident and learned that you lost your best friend? So at the accident scene itself, I have um, a recollection of embodied experience and kind of illusion. I cannot reconcile exactly what happened. But I remember that I was standing up and holding on to another person who was in the accident scene who survived. And, but then I woke up and I was lying on the ground in a field where the car had rolled over and ended up. Mm. And I thought it was all like a dream, but I could experience the pain in my body. It was a very embodied experience. Like I could feel the earth I was lying on. I could smell the night air. It was at night, uh, the coolness, and I could hear the silence and I could experience sensations in my body. Like I had blood in my mouth mm. and I noticed there was like a tooth missing and I, mm. I immediately switched into a very practical survival mode. And I didn't think that a teenager has that in you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I remember, yeah, you have to turn your head to the side so you don't swallow your own oh, um, wow. and suffocate. And um, when people came to help and asked me questions, I was very, very clear giving my home phone number <laughs> and uh, all kinds of things. Wow. Uh, and then after help arrived, I could let go. So then I knew I was safe mm-hmm. and I switched to letting others take over. Mm-hmm. So then the ambulance came and mm-hmm. you know my parents and my brother arrived at the same time. And I could, I had not opened my eyes yet. So I only experienced everything through the senses of hearing, touch and smell. Mm-hmm. But what I um, witnessed consciously and subconsciously gave me the clarity right at that point that my my that my best friend had passed mm. because I overheard the other passenger in the car say something like well, how is she lying there on the ground I knew in this moment and oh, wow. although it was a shock oh. I think I was in shock and my body was um giving me the benefit of the shock so I could mm. uh hold myself together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then being in the hospital, that's where the experience, I, I, it's interesting, I, I started observing others more than mm. myself. I, I started observing how others around me behave. Mm. And that also taught me later, like how to deal with somebody who goes through loss or through grief or through an injury. Mm-hmm. First of all, 
never underestimate how conscious a person is, even if they are seemingly unconscious. So I overheard nurses talk, oh, bad car accident, two people dead, one critically injured. So I could, I knew there were four people in the car. I knew who was alive. Oh, wow. Who I was talking to before. And I knew I was injured. So I knew the other two were dead. But my my biggest confirmation was the night after the accident in the hospital, Mm. I had a very vivid dream. And in that dream, I saw my friend as if we were separated by a glass pane in the place where we were going out dancing at that time. But we were the only ones in the room and this shield of glass was between us. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, it's okay over here. Oh, wow. I had never experienced anything like that or like even like the the touch of the image of spirit before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, I was so comforted Uh and it opened a new door for me. It opened for me a door to spirituality, to the belief that there is something beyond mm-hmm. what we perceive as death, that mm-hmm. there is still a connection. Mm-hmm. And that gave me so much strength. Mm-hmm. And shortly after, mm-hmm. my mother told me, the doctors say, you are now strong enough to hear the truth. Mm. Because first they had lied to me. They had said that my friend Mm. was flown into another hospital Mm. and so on. In your mind, you knew the fact? I knew. I knew, yeah, consciously because Mm. I overheard people say it. Mm -hmm. And I knew in my heart and Mm -hmm. in my subconscious. I I, I knew. Mm -hmm. And so I I almost had um, a sense of compassion for the mm. people trying to ease it to me. Mm. Right? When did you have that dream? It was right the night after the accident. So the first, my first oh, night wow. in the hospital. And you said that opens your new door for this spirituality you never had before. You were so young. Um, so did you start searching or this different field of yeah. energy? Yeah, maybe not that practically at the time, like not mm-hmm. pursuing any modalities or anything like that. But um, I want to add that my friend and and I also had very deep conversations as teenagers. Like we, I remember us walking together and looking at the the night sky and and wondering, well, imagine like where does this universe end? Like how can something be endless? Mm. And it's like things that maybe you don't think teenagers talk about. Mm. And uh, so there there were a lot of hints to our deeper connection Mm. and maybe that there is more meaning to our relationship Mm. and to our learning process. To this day, I believe that she is my guide now in spirit Mm. and that, um, you know, we had signed up for this and she had prepared me. Mm-hmm. for my journey, mm-hmm. which resulted in more mm-hmm. and more um, grief work and healing work because there were other losses too, of course, that mm-hmm. came into my life after. Mm-hmm. And every single one I experienced differently. Mm-hmm. So the next um, significant loss was my brother's passing. Mm-hmm. 
at age 32, mm. he died of a brain tumor and mm. he had progressed slowly mm. into this illness. So it was not unexpected, although there was mm. always hope, but it was mm. still a shock when it happened. Mm -hmm. And that's when I, when I first noticed really the stages of grief. Mm. Because when I was involved in the car accident, I was also still working through my own injuries and my own mm -hmm. processing mm -hmm. that I couldn't fully focus on the stages of grieving for my mm -hmm. friend. Mm -hmm. But in this case, where I was fully vital and alive, mm -hmm. I remember getting the phone call. I lived in another city at the time because I went to university in a different town. My father saying, you better come home. Mm. He said, you better come home. Mm -hmm. Your brother might not make it through the night. <laughs> You can see there's still pain, like, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. grief does not just go away. Mm -hmm. Even after all these years, so this is now um, 23, 28 years ago. And I remember crying out in shock and being in panic. Mm -hmm. How do I get home so quickly? Like I was driving home in the middle of the night mm -hmm. um, for like two hours um, on the highway mm -hmm. to get there. And then my father uh, and my uh, brother's wife at the time were um, going to the hospital to be with my brother. And, and my father said that I need to stay home with my mother because mm -hmm. my mother needed me because she could not be alone, but mm -hmm. she was not in enough strength to go with them. Mm -hmm. So it was a night of waiting until again, we got the phone call. Well, now he has passed and then we were picked up. And that's where I noticed the stage of grieving of like pain, guilt for not being there, mm -hmm. resentment because mm -hmm. I was not allowed given permission to be there and witness it mm -hmm. so i could not um get the right closure mm -hmm. and i needed to um to come to terms with his passing after the fact while i could have been there holding his hand mm. witnessing his last breath and what helped me a lot in the aftermath was that I was allowed to sit with his body for a while. Mm -hmm. I was allowed to witness mm -hmm. what actually happens to a body when you die. I could touch him. I could hug him. That was, that was the saving grace. Mm -hmm. And then the bonding of family afterwards, because they all, we all have our individual grief. Uh, individual process mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I remember us hugging each other mm -hmm. and letting out our, all our grief all our crying and after that I stepped into a different role it was quite interesting that transformation because compared to the first lost mm -hmm. when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. This was my second loss. And I already had the belief of the connection after 
mm-hmm. death. Yes. So I could find my inner strength mm-hmm. and actually support um, my parents. And in a way that was very practical. So organizing the funeral, calling relatives, um, being the greeter at the funeral um, for people to leave their condolences. It, it maybe delayed my grieving process a little bit, mm-hmm. which can also be help when, when you find a task you can focus on, mm-hmm. when you can focus your attention mm-hmm. and um, you find meaning in helping others. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I needed to take care of my parents now, the mm-hmm. roles had reversed mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. for them, only imagine, or I cannot imagine how it feels to lose a child. It's mm-hmm. against the order of nature mm-hmm. that the young would pass mm-hmm. before the old. A sibling is, is hard, but I, mm-hmm. I imagine a child that mm-hmm. um, parents will have a lot of guilt, remorse, you know, helplessness. Mm-hmm. When you were with your brother and seeing the process of how death takes life out from the body, you said it was like a grace Um I can kind of feel why, because your first loss, you couldn't see that. And when you cannot see with your eyes, there's like a, almost like a hope or illusion. Like you said, denial, like, oh, didn't happen. But the, you stayed and you really experienced. Um, that's almost like how do I say, um, acceptance? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And acceptance is the first step to healing the change of the situation. That person is not there in person anymore. Your life is impacted. We'll be right back. Let's open that box of Zen. Thank you. Arigato. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. We often hear the word Zen, but what exactly is Zen? The answer is as endless as a bottomless box. The base of a Zen philosophy is a mind capable of fresh thinking, one that is free, not trapped. Tune in to Let's Open the Box of Zen with your host, Hitomi, to explore how to let go of life's toughest challenges and find your Zen. Let's Open the Box of Zen Mondays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Let's Open the Box of Zen with Hitomi. Have a question for Hitomi or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. 
That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. It has an intense impact on the way you knew your life. It will never be the same again, mm-hmm. the way it was. And you will never be the same as mm-hmm. you were before because you have mm-hmm. been transformed sort of into the next stage of mm-hmm. growth, the next lesson mm-hmm. learned. Mm-hmm. Well, can you imagine we had this long pandemic and so many of us lost their loved ones and couldn't even have a funeral or couldn't even see um, how could we process without that acceptance? I think that's really hard. Exactly. When you can't witness the body or the mm-hmm. funeral or attend a ceremony, it's almost like you cannot accept, mm-hmm. although you accept, okay, the person is gone, mm-hmm. but subconsciously or in your heart or in your emotional sphere, you cannot grasp it. Mm-hmm. Well, my own experience, I lost my mom during pandemic time. She was not the victim of COVID, the virus, but um, she passed away during the pandemic. And I could not see her. I could not fly. I wanted to be with her, taking care of her, but I couldn't. So I don't even know where is my stage of grief right now. I still feel like uh, maybe still numb. It's been, what, three years now, two years? But I can't still point where I am. Mm -hmm. So what's the stage do I need to take to (laughs) be okay? I mean, there are uh, saying you go through the different stages. First of all, there's no rule or no one's being able to say, when you're okay or what stages Mm -hmm. you need to go through Mm -hmm. because it's all a very personal experience and Mm -hmm. you might not even go through all the stages. There Mm -hmm. might be a very delayed onset of some of the stages or it can feel like you're progressing and then you're stepping backwards again into the previous Mm -hmm. stage. No, there's, it's not a linear Mm-hmm. process it's mm-hmm. uh, it's more like a zigzag or a wave or a roller coaster mm-hmm. and it's also okay to be wherever you are at mm-hmm. that and also to have a pause and maybe not uh, feeling like you're grieving you know numbness or uh, mm-hmm. distraction or mm-hmm. putting it on pause is also uh, I think built into human coping mechanism you know, mm-hmm. that um, when we can face our pain, mm-hmm. we will. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes it helps to get help from the outside, from mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. But first of all, you need to know what you need. So do you need time? Do you need time mm-hmm. to process? Do you need space? Do you mm-hmm. need to talk? Do you need mm-hmm. um, a physical touch? Do you need mm-hmm. practical help? Mm-hmm. It's totally up to you everybody's different yeah so so the role of the person helping with grief is to mainly being present and being Mm -hmm. observant and being Mm -hmm. the witness and not stepping to fix Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. but stepping up Mm -hmm. to show i'm there Mm -hmm. well how about your case because you had this significant experience of your 
best friend's death when you are so young. How about your stages? How did you cope with? What helped me was visits from all my friends and also allowing humor and moments of joy and、mm-hmm. happiness because we can easily go into the feeling of guilt.、Mm-hmm. Like, I, I witnessed that in my mother when my brother passed away. She could not find any joy. In life anymore, she could not give herself permission、mm. to enjoy anything, which ultimately led to her own passing、mm. of emphysema.、Mm. But she was、um, holding the grief in her lungs so much. You know?、mm-hmm. I don't even recall the stages of grief in the case of my friend's passing. I recall more the stages of my spiritual awakening,、mm. of having numerous dreams of、mm. her still being. There,、mm-hmm. of course, like still being alive and us doing things together,、mm-hmm. and so it the same with my brother for a while. So I, in my waking life, I was sometimes not even sure <laughs> if the person was gone. And、um, do you still feel the connection to them, both your friend and brother? Yes, yes,、um, in yes. In moments more than in others, and I feel now actually more the connection to my mother because she was the more recent significant、uh, loss I experienced, and I think I have completed my work around spirituality with my friend, so we're good.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she is integrated, so to say.、Mm-hmm. That and- reminds me of Ketnat Han, famous monk. He. Was talking about experience of his mother's death. He was so grieving and he was so sad. But one day he realized he's still with her. Like she's living in his heart. It's a beautiful story. That is what you are basically telling us, right? Exactly. You know, sometimes I even had the sense of looking through her eyes. Into、mm. the world that she is like within me.、Mm-hmm. That for a moment I thought, ah, that's what she would have felt now, and that is is so comforting to feel that presence still in、mm. your life. Because when you deny presence of someone, there is、mm. always a part that lives on in your heart, even if you don't believe in life after death.、Mm-hmm. So if, if you deny yourself that belief, then you cannot complete your grieving process. Mm. Letting the memory live on in、um, maybe doing things that you were doing with that person, and、mm. uh, or doing things in their honor, like setting、mm. up a memorial or planting a garden, finding some meaning in love and care,、mm-hmm. maybe in the name of the person. That you know, that's、mm. also what what people do. That they dedicate themselves to volunteering. For a cause that was dear to the person's heart, for example. So all those、um, things are also helping with finding new hope, new meaning, life, and and not just forgetting, not closing the door. It's more、mm-hmm. about how do we open the door to let it live on.、Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, every one of us would experience one day lose、mm-hmm. somebody you love. We can't avoid. So, how do we embrace this rather this sad event? Reflection about your beliefs.、Mm-hmm. Maybe finding a group you resonate with. 
just getting it out, all your questions and your your fears. Because mm -hmm. when bonding with other people in human connection, that's where you are you can find help. You can find answers mm -hmm. and embracing, I would say mm -hmm. embracing life in every mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. So there are no regrets. So um telling the people that you love that you love them, making time to spend mm -hmm. time with them, not putting priorities on mm -hmm. on things that are maybe not that important to you, that society wants to make us believe it's important. Mm -hmm. Of course it's important to have a job, to earn your living, to you know, to have a secure home and support your life. But sometimes we can go too much into the detail and get mm -hmm. carried away by mm -hmm. pursuits of material things mm -hmm. or duties we feel we have, uh, being hard on ourselves. Whereas the easing, just letting the heart open mm -hmm. and connecting with people, people that mean something to you and also just strangers you know people just have that's just feel feeling mm -hmm. life to the fullest seeing the beauty mm -hmm. in life seeing the beauty in nature observing animals mm -hmm. observing other people enjoy like for example we, we went to a little farm here in our neighborhood and they have baby goats every spring uh -huh. and families go there and it's equally delightful to watch the little toddlers brushing and, and playing with the goats and the goats enjoying the connection mm. of the human touch, the preciousness of life. Mm. When we embrace that fully, mm. then maybe we can also embrace the transition mm. of a life well-lived mm. without regrets mm. and with gratitude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes me think when I go, I don't want to be clinging like, oh, I don't want to die. I want to fully accept my death and feel happy when I go. I think there are ways to prepare for that. There are ways to, to complete things in your life that you feel you want to complete mm -hmm. and to surround yourself maybe at that moment that the passing comes close to surround yourself with your loved ones, and to have some kind of some kind of belief that gives you the strength and mm -hmm. the hope of this not being yeah. an end, mm -hmm. that it is a continuation, a transformation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always think about the plants. When mm -hmm. um, plants uh, like flowered and makes the seeds and to me, that's not death. It's just a part of the cycle. And when the mm -hmm. plants start the new leaves and grow, but we tend to think human when it's the mm -hmm. end of the stage, we think it's totally gone, but actually it's still continuing, right? Yeah. What, so what makes us humans think we're, we're different from nature? Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. and the plants are a nice example. I remember <laughs> I had a ficus benjamini house plants, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it was dropping all the leaves, and I was trying everything. I was watering it, I was giving it fertilizer, I was giving it light, and it just kept dropping leaves until it was completely bare. Huh. And I thought, wow, I have killed it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then before I, I disposed of it, I started seeing tiny new green shoots coming out. Oh. And I thought, wow, this is a miracle. And it's, it came back into like full vigor and mm. green and lush again. So that is like a, a little bit of, of a comparison to like when something dies, it's mm. also been necessary to make space for something mm. new to mm. grow, maybe in a different form or mm. maybe with more vitality and more vigor. Mm-hmm. Well, loss is not only like loss of somebody you love, but that I mean, there are so many different type of loss that applies to any kind of loss, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Loss in in our language feels almost like it's an end, but loss is really a transformation, an opening to something new. Mm-hmm. So when you think of a loss, maybe a loss of a relationship, of mm-hmm. a, a partnership or divorce. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a tough and, one too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's another really, really impactful experience in life. And it can feel like it's the end. Mm-hmm. But I have witnessed in my circle of friends that we have gone through their breakups, they have found then the person of their soulmate afterwards, the person that completed them and they mm-hmm. live a a totally happy life and they mm. would not have found that person if that relationship hadn't ended or loss of, of mm. a job. If you lose that job, maybe you'll find a, a different career that fulfills you more where you can do something you always wanted to do and never dared. Mm-hmm. So that's like if something needs to leave for whatever mm-hmm. reason, try to find an explanation or try to prevent it from happening. Mm-hmm. But if there we don't know what's around the corner, what wants mm-hmm. to come in. Mm-hmm. Or another loss can also be something intangible, like a loss of control, mm-hmm. which doesn't maybe seem so significant like the loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. But for some people, it's it's something really scary and creates mm-hmm. anxiety when they feel they're not in control. Mm-hmm. So losing that can mm-hmm. be a positive change in someone's life when they mm-hmm. allow a new freedom to come in, mm-hmm. allow new opportunities to mm-hmm. come in. Mm-hmm. Also overcoming fear of known mm-hmm. is part of the loss process. Mm-hmm. We tend to cling to something that's familiar, you know, mm-hmm. like a pain. <laughs> Aging. Clinging <laughs> yes. oh. to the use. No wrinkles. In. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's a whole industry that builds on the fear of loss through aging, you know, like your physical beauty, whatever you perceive as youth and vitality and attractiveness. I have to bring up my own personal experience recently. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was posting Instagram and, and, you know, those filters, rainbows or whatever. And I tapped one was... Um, how do you call facelift beauty? Okay. Like a Snapchat. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, I gained the wings <laughs> and I have heavily makeup and my <laughs> age was gone. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Nowadays, you can create you as a younger version instantly yeah. <laughs> and how do you feel 
when you see yourself as such, can you still relate? Or does that feel a bit like a like a stranger? It's weird. It's scary, differently scary. But at the same time, I can understand people would cling to use those apps because I mean, you look beautiful. All of a sudden, you are like a 10 years younger. <laughs> that brings up the question for me, like, how do you want people to see you? Do you want them to see a facade, like a beautiful building? Or do you want them to see into your heart and your true self? It might be a cliche, the beauty that comes from within, but it's not. Like, have you ever looked at a at an elderly person that is radiating from the inside through mm-hmm. her eyes and you think, wow, she mm-hmm. is beautiful. She mm-hmm. is stunning. She has so much charisma. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is the beauty that you cannot fake no. with any apps or makeup no, or no. facelifting. I think that's part of the growth through aging that mm-hmm. we learn to accept mm-hmm. and we learn to embrace. And, and all of a sudden we just are who we are and we don't need to look into a mirror. Like I, when I go out into the world, I still think I'm 35. <laughs> you know, like I, then I, I catch myself like in a shop window. I think, oh, that's not how I feel. Oh. I feel much younger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our spirit is younger, right? But yeah. when I see in the dark room in Miller and like, woo, my mom is in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, what happened? My mom is in the Miller. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I really think when I see my real self with wrinkles and sogging skin, and I still feel I'm beautiful, that's when. I'm beautiful, I think. You know, they they will never see you differently than they see you with their heart. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Women Thriving Unapologetically is a sanctuary to land and feel connected through inspiring and powerfully honest conversations with women like you. Each show uncovers new ways to live a life that flourishes, prospers, and grows in spite of life's challenges. Discover valuable tools to heal old wounds, transform your mindset, honor your body, and nurture your unique gifts. Celebrate what it means to be a woman who claims her self-worth, nurtures her connection to spirit, empowers her vision, and thrives unapologetically. Live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Let's Open the Box of Zen with Hitomi. Have a question for Hitomi or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. 
That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. Self-criticism that keeps us from showing our true authenticity Mm -hmm. sometimes. Yes. Well, how about disability? I am a massage therapist, so I deal with many elderly clients too. And their goal is to be able to still hold the grandkids or great grandkids. Or That's another big theme of loss. The physical ability? Mm-hmm, yes. Yes. And there are several types of physical ability loss. So one is the natural process of aging, but another one can also be uh, an injury, an unexpected illness. What I've found, like I have had my physical disabilities through through life too, mm-hmm. is to not take it as a final answer. Well, I had one experience in the winter through running in the cold. I had chill planes, so my toes had uh, nerve damage, and it was very painful. Now, some diagnoses were, you will have to live with this for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I don't take a diagnosis ever as the complete truth. Either mm. I seek different opinions or I do my own research, find mm. alternative ways. And I did. I found a hyperbaric chamber oxygen therapy, which my doctor at the time said, well, that's not proven to help, but it's also not proven to not help. So mm-hmm. why not try it? Mm-hmm. And it completely healed my toes. It, it took mm-hmm. a while, mm-hmm. but... We can give our body also the credit of Mm -hmm. the ability to heal. Mm -hmm. We give our body what it needs. Mm -hmm. And giving your power away to someone telling you, well, you have to live with this or or this is only getting worse. That's your final decision then. You're giving Mm -hmm. in. With aging, it's a, a little different. You can still keep yourself vital. And we know that through Qigong practice and other Mm -hmm. physical practices, through mm-hmm. nutrition, through a healthy mm-hmm. lifestyle, we can at least delay the process and find ways to adapt. So what if we can't pick up our grandchild? Well, maybe the grandchild can crawl onto your lap and you can hug grandchild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have expectations of we need to be able to do it like we always did when we were younger. Mm-hmm. But there are also other ways, new mm-hmm. ways to, to do mm-hmm. things and still have the same enjoyment the the feelings, connection, and the beauty in life. How about loss of the friendship? Um, it depends if it's mutual. Both friends just drift apart and their life takes them in different directions. Then maybe it's a little easier to, to take. If one mm-hmm. person holds on to the friendship though, and the other one is distancing, then there is more of a disconnect actually. I find that the first step if, is finding clarity. So mm-hmm. not assuming, like I had mm-hmm. experiences through the pandemic of feeling disconnected. And oh, I many think, people. Yeah, because everyone experienced it or still experiences it through their own perception. Mm-hmm. I, I know that there were times when people were going within mm-hmm. and looking for answers within, looking mm-hmm. for new ways of being, having fears and insecurities mm-hmm. and maybe through that even losing the connection oh, i've seen so many people went to extreme this way extreme that way and can't connect anymore because it's just too extreme but if you don't 
open the conversation, you will never know. So if mm -hmm. you just assume, like in my case, uh, I was, I assumed, okay, I have done something wrong. I let it get into something bigger than it was. And that's the danger of, of assumption. You assume you know what another person is feeling, why they are not responding or why they are doing what they're doing. But then sometimes maybe we need to let someone go and be okay with that too and mm -hmm. let other people into our life. Just so many different types of loss that... This conversation is not, is endless, really. Well, back to the loss of loved ones. If someone who cannot process from denial, as a Reiki therapist and Qigong instructor, you also do like the journaling, right? Yeah. So if you could give some advice, different types of way to cope kind of like a closure to... Mm -hmm. Well, first, I always find being in the present moment and being in your body, consciously connecting with your senses, mm -hmm. you know, through breath and through um, maybe through movement, because we can have trapped emotions and trapped processes that are in ourselves, mm -hmm. in our body, mm -hmm. that... Um, we do a really good job at hiding them. Mm -hmm. But when, when we use maybe music uh, mm -hmm. or movement, what's also very helpful is essential oils or like scents, actual mm -hmm. scents, mm -hmm. to open us up to our sensory experience and mm -hmm. the limbic brain and memories and all that. So mm -hmm. there are many ways to sort of coax ourselves into opening to the experience because denial is probably the the fear of the pain that will surface when we allow mm. the grief to mm -hmm. happen. Mm -hmm. um, you do sound healing. Do mm. you have a specific sound to bring that? <laughs> <laughs> it all depends on the person and it's a very intuitive process. So sometimes it can be a drumming over the body feeling the vibration like a really earthy deep vibration mm -hmm. that helps us connect with our true nature you feel the vibration in your body and it can actually release stagnation mm -hmm. or trapped emotions you can also go more subtly with tuning forks and there are tuning mm -hmm. forks in all kinds of frequencies mm -hmm. some are more for physical pain or for letting go some are um, more for guilt or for for depression like there's there are so many different ways of approaching different states of being. So it's, it depends on the person. And it, it's usually a very intuitive process that um, mm -hmm. I prepare somehow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, I'm going to use singing bowls, tuning forks, you know, mm -hmm. the drum. Mm -hmm. And voice is also very important. You know, it's such a healing tool that we in our society mm -hmm. often dismiss expressing grief loudly like you could be screaming or it could be crying you think of the cleansing cry like you cry and cry and until you don't have any breath left and mm. how you feel afterwards you feel washed over and clear and maybe mm. numb but relieved for a while mm -hmm. so using the voice to transport emotions mm -hmm. so many ways that sound can help like 
when you can dive into a song, into some type of music you enjoy, classical, or mm -hmm. maybe it's something uplifting. Like I find when I listen to Latin music with mm -hmm. a really good beat, I mm -hmm. cannot stay in a space of depression or sadness mm -hmm. because my body wants to move. <laughs> really yeah, thin. it reminds me of um, Dr. Lipton. He said, when we make a smile that mm -hmm. to the face no matter it's a fake smile still like a part of the brain believes you're happy yeah. <laughs> and produce happy hormones so that makes sense but although i was thinking when you are really sad or depressed you want to hear sad music you just want to go yes. into that you want to allow yourself to that's almost like a medium for you to express it. You know, how many beautiful songs and poetry have been written around heartbreak? Any human experience, mm. creating it is mm. one way of letting mm. go of it or completely agree. And sometimes uh, in my life, I have held on to that stage of pain for a while. Mm. I was intentionally listening to the music that made me cry. But at some point, you move on with it. So mm -hmm. you will know when there is still some grieving to be done. And it's mm -hmm. always good and helpful to have some support. So let's say you're feeling stuck in that cycle and you can't find mm -hmm. out on your mm -hmm. own. It's okay to ask for help mm -hmm. or for somebody close by who witnesses it to with discernment mm -hmm. to move in and mm -hmm. offer help. From my own experience, I kind of found that hope sometimes is preventing from the acceptance. Like you experienced how your brother's body going to the cold. That's the dead fact that you could not deny. But, you know, sometimes you don't know. It's so vague. You mm -hmm. might be creating your own story. When you don't know those yes, no facts and you have a, some kind of a hope, I think that's really hard. But the, then the loss that at the moment you just learned this is it. And then it's sad, but you feel like, whew, and now I can let go. You know, it's mm -hmm. weird, but the closure. Yeah. And, and it's, it depends how you define hope. In this case, hope is more of an attachment. I want mm. this still to work. I want this to happen. I want this to be reversed. That kind of hope can be delaying the process of pain, or it can be even more painful when we mm. hold on to something with attachment. Hope on the other way to know that you're going to be okay, that things will work out all right, no mm. matter in mm -hmm. what way mm -hmm. that is letting go of attachment that mm -hmm. is the innate so the deeper hope inside that life takes care of you mm -hmm. that you can also the hope that you can master whatever process you're going through you can survive it you have done it in the past mm -hmm. maybe a breakup or like a loss of a friend it's painful but you have the hope that you can move on because you have mm -hmm. uh, in my mind i was back into this aging like yeah. people do the plastic surgery facelift they cannot let go that they have a hope to keep it's interesting when you accept when you older your body gets older 
then you are more happier, maybe. Yes, yes, right? and we don't have to written about that whole like that you know, when you get to a certain age that you don't care anymore. You can actually enjoy life. You don't care what people mm-hmm. think about you and how you present yourself. It's very difficult, though. That's constantly you have to working on. That is not easy to let go of those. It's not, yeah, especially in societies. That maybe don't that worship youth images. Not only media. aging. I think anything, loss of your loved one, loss mm-hmm. of your friendship, loss of your house, loss of your money,、um, yeah. loss of your work. Everything. I think same thing. It's just so easy to blame on somebody or just cling. As a human, we do have to this process. And sometimes there's just no reason for it. There's no one to blame. It's just life. We just need to learn to deal with change because change is inevitable.、Mm-hmm. And holding on to something, not wanting it to change,、mm-hmm. is doomed to failure. <laughs> Things will change at some point in your life,、mm-hmm. physically,、uh, situationally. Constantly.、Yeah. I also believe that losses, you know, teach us more resilience. And more strength on how to deal with change and to、mm. become more comfortable in this game of life. <laughs>、mm, I like that. Yes, yeah. Like pandemic was one of the big good example. We never expect that happen、yes. in our lifetime, and we adapted. All the power and strength we have inside, this potential that's within us, that's still、mm-hmm. untapped. Experiences like that of loss or going through a difficult time can also show us about our power and、mm-hmm. empower us.、Mm-hmm. And the beauty of empowerment is that then we can shine and be an example, and also empower others. You know, allow others to empower themselves. That we're、mm-hmm. we're so connected, human connection. We learn so much from each other. I can do this too.、Mm-hmm. I don't have to be afraid,、mm-hmm. and this is how we evolve. Yes. So loss cannot be just bad event. <laughs> no, loss. Loss is a lot of opportunity.、Mm. Loss is opportunity, I would say, and grief is a transformer,、mm. and it all depends on what you do with it.、Mm. Wow. Oh, what a great conversation we had! Yeah, yeah thank you. You told me. Oh, that's so nice diving deep with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, and see you soon. <laughs> yes, I see you soon, and may may this resonate within us and resonate with all the souls that need to hear that. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Bye for now.、Thank、Bye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Let's Open the Box of Zen with Hitomi. We hope today's episode has helped you transcend your limiting beliefs and bring Zen into your heart. Tune in next week for more helpful tips. We'll see you Zen.